Great news, everyone. Jesus is alive and well. This is Glenn Raglan, Educational and Transformational Ministries. Great ministries. Welcome to this week's podcast. Let's pray. Father, we love you. We honor you. We praise you. And we magnify your great name. We thank you for those who continue to listen to this podcast. We pray for the new listeners. And we welcome the new listeners from Germany. We lift up a special prayer for my co-worker, whose father, George, is battling the early stages of dementia. We also lift up my co-worker, Marjorie, who is battling illness as well. We pray that your word will go forth. It will not return to you empty. It will accomplish what you sent it to do. In the name of the Lord of peace, Jesus Christ, amen. I want to thank you for your patience As I took some much-needed time off, the podcasts that you listened to in the last two weeks, which were archived, are very different from my latest efforts. Please don't judge them too harshly. Speaking of judging, this week's podcast deals with the proper attitude towards judging others. When Jesus says these words in Matthew chapter 7, verses 1 through 6, this is part of the Sermon on the Mount. When he says... Judge not, that you be not judged, for with what judgment you judge, you will be judged. And with what measure you use, it will be measured back to you. My friends, part of our transformation to living the way Jesus taught us to live was to change the way we think about others, specifically the way we treat others. In these verses, Jesus is teaching us how to properly judge. You see, some judging is sinful, while other is righteous. Sinful judgment is done in self-centered pride. We cannot judge others until we are prepared to be judged by the same standard. Folks, you cannot judge the prostitute if you are still a drunk. And you cannot judge the drunk if you are still a liar. And you cannot judge the liar if you are still Well, you get the picture. And if you are still in your sin, you are not qualified to judge. Jesus says in verses 3, 4, and 5, And why do you look at the speck in your brother's eye, but do not consider the plank in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, Let me remove the speck in your eye, and look, a plank is in your eye. Hypocrite, first remove the plank from your own eye, And then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. My brothers and sisters, we are first to be reformed from our sinful behavior before we are qualified to judge. Jesus confirms how he wants us to judge in John chapter 7, verse 24, when he proclaims, Do not judge according to appearance, but judge with righteous judgment. My friends, Jesus was teaching in the temple when the Jews questioned how he knew so much, but had not studied under anyone. It's like a person who did not attend seminary or Bible college, but teaches the deeper meaning of Scripture to those who have doctorates in theology. The Jews had incorrectly judged Jesus based on his lack of formal religious education. They only understood the Scripture on the surface, They judged by appearances 
and Jesus did not appear to be the Messiah based on their criteria. Jesus called on them to make the right decision, to repent. So what was the problem? Well, Jesus had healed a man on the Sabbath day, which was considered work by the Jews. The response of Jesus was that they sometimes circumcised males on the Sabbath, yet that was not considered work. The Jews were being superficial about the Sabbath day, which Jesus emphasized that God made the Sabbath day. Jesus wanted the people to worship God and not the day. In 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 15 and 16 teaches that judging is the character of the spiritual. It reads, But he who is spiritual judges all things, yet he himself is rightly judged by no one. For who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. My comrades for Christ, the spiritual person is able to make proper judgment in all kinds of things. In the unregenerate person, decisions that should be made by the Holy Spirit are made by the carnal soul. You cannot be spiritual if the Holy Spirit is not in control. That is true transformation. You cannot be spiritual for two or three hours doing worship service, then go back to letting self run the show the other 165 hours of the week. The spiritual man can be judged by God, but not by unregenerate people or by worldly Christians. Folks, it is the worldly Christians who give Christianity a bad name. You cannot be worldly and a Christian. The phrase worldly Christian is an oxymoron. Either you have been regenerated by the Holy Spirit or you have not. If you have, then you will act like it all the time. If you are not, you will pretend to be holy when you are really worldly. You cannot be a fake spiritual being. People make bad decisions every day because they are not spirit-led. Those who are taught by the Spirit do not follow their own faulty reasoning. The believer's minds are influenced and directed by the Spirit, and they take on the mind of Christ. Transformation means we think like He thinks, we act like He acts, and we serve like He served. Did you know that we are to judge others in the church? Listen to what 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 12 and 13 says. For what have I to do with judging those also who are outside? Do you not judge those who are inside? But those who are outside, God judges. Therefore, put away from yourselves the evil person. My friends, Paul is dealing with a person who was sleeping with his father's wife, and the church knew about it. It is not the church's business to judge those outside the church, but it happens. It is the church's business to judge and discipline those who claim to be part of the fellowship. In many churches, this is a delicate matter because of long-standing relationships within the church. Friends certainly do not want to confront friends, yet when it is not confronted, the sin spreads throughout the church. There are too many stories of pastors impregnating their members, yet they stay in leadership roles to continue to devastate the local church. Paul teaches 
that the spiritual church is to pass judgment on the unrepentant man and excommunicate him. If the church in Africa had put out the pastor after the first woman was impregnated, he would not be able to impregnate 20 women. In 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 5, we are to judge matters between brothers. It proclaims, I say this to your shame. Is it so that there is not a wise man among you, not even one, who will be able to judge between his brethren? My friends, Paul uses shame to get his point across, and that is, why would brothers in the church family sue each other in public court to be judged by an unbeliever? The church at Corinth prided itself in being wise, yet they would not let one of their wise members judge their dispute. A few years ago, a church member was backing out of her parking spot and hit another member's car. I wrote an incident report on the matter and left them and their insurance companies to work out the details for settlement. A few weeks later, they both asked for a copy of the incident report because one woman had threatened to sue the woman who hit her car. I intervened, telling the woman who was threatening to file suit that Christians don't sue Christians within their own church family. When it came to light that the person who hit the car did not have any insurance, I acted as arbitrator and persuaded one party to pay damages within 60 days and the other party not to sue and to give her 60 days to pay. They agreed, hugged, and payment was made as agreed. In 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 29, Paul teaches about order in church meetings. Verse 29 says, Let two or three prophets speak and let the others judge. Folks, these house rules for prophets are similar to the house rules for speaking in tongues. In the early church, prophets would be giving a prophetic word when another prophet would receive a prophetic word. Since God is not the author of confusion, the second prophet should wait for the first prophet to finish so that the church can receive the maximum amount of instruction. Those with the gift of discernment, or the others that were mentioned in this verse, will judge what the prophets are saying to see if they are speaking under the influence of the Holy Spirit. All of today's scriptures place the spirit-filled person in positions of judging. My friends, you must be qualified to judge, and to qualify, you must be repentant and regenerated. Will you ask the Holy Spirit to take charge of your life so that you can live like Christ wants you to live? Let's pray. Father, we pray for spirit-filled, transformed lives so that we may do your will. In the name of the righteous judge, Jesus Christ, amen. If you have accepted Christ, send an email to hello at greatministries.org and I'll give you the next steps. I encourage you to find a good Bible teaching church, send your prayer request, your praise reports, and your comments to our email address, which is hello at greatministries.org. Please continue to pray for Great Ministries and share us with your friends, your family, your loved ones, and the unsaved. Stay safe, be blessed, and have a great week.